Coming up, Mark Watt on Derbyshire, the blast and the fear of missing out, and a look back on another big weekend of action in the league. This is the Cricket Scotland podcast. Ball out there, give Hamilton any wits, he'll take you. Captain Catherine Bryce comes under it, she won't make any mistake. That's the first wicket for Scotland. Six to win, and Richie Barrington has finished it with a six. And that's the win for Scotland, they've secured the Super over. Oh, must be out, it is out! Scotland have done it! What a victory this is for Scotland, the greatest in their cricketing history. Welcome again. A day later than usual, just to keep you on your toes. Andrew Brock and Clara Sablitsky are with me once again. Hey both, having a good week? Hello, yeah, having a phenomenal week. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Um, now, I can see from your background here on the Zoom call that you are not in your, your customary Edinburgh place. Where are you just now? <laughs> no, so I am currently at Campong Cricket Club in the Netherlands in Utrecht. I hope I've said that right. I'm so sorry if I haven't. Um, yeah, so I'm on the tour with Edinburgh Uni and we're having a phenomenal time in Amsterdam. We've come out to watch the men's and women's ones play against Campong Cricket Club this evening. It looks absolutely beautiful out there as well. Sun shining. Oh, I am baking. It is so hot. <laughs> and Brocky, how are you doing? You you look like you are in your normal Edinburgh surroundings. Yeah, I've got my uh, traditional box behind me of some sort of delivery. But yes, I'm I'm at home enjoying the uh, the weather just now. But also, uh, I've got right outside me. I think they're installing uh, fiber optic into the street, so it's it's very loud. So. I do apologise if there's any sort of background noise for, for the audience at home. little extra ambiance. Uh, well, we will have plenty to talk about later, but let's get straight into it and our chat with Mark Watt, who is currently appearing for Derbyshire in the T20 Blast. We caught up with him midway through last week for what turned into a fairly wide-ranging discussion. Welcome, Mark. Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Well, we'll come to Derbyshire and the Blast in a while, but we must start with the news that broke last week of Carl Kutz's decision to step down from the captaincy. What's your reaction to that and your feelings on the legacy he's left so far for Scottish cricket? Yeah, I was a little bit gutted, to be honest. I wasn't there and able to share the last his last game, his captaincy. Um, but no, he's done an unbelievable job as captain for Scotland for, for how many years he's had it. And uh, just want to say a massive thank you to him. And I'm sure all the boys... I've said their, their thanks on social media and stuff across the across the team and um yeah it just came as a bit of a shock but you know he's done it for a long time and um, he's not getting any younger is he and uh, he's got two young girls that I'm sure he wants to spend a bit more time with and um so yeah just a massive well done and congratulations on a great year and hopefully many more runs still to come yeah it's amazing looking at all the social media posts from from all the guys that all started with where do I start yes you know, I go way back with Costa and just so many good memories of not just him whacking the ball to all parts of the ground, but just being a really good bloke off the park. And, um, you know, he's someone that's really great to be around and I'm sure you'll still be around for a long time to come. But yeah, he's a great leader and a great example to everyone. Yeah. And, and as you said, the news broke during the Cricket World Cup League 2 tour of the USA, which was the first you've missed for a while. Was it a bit weird watching that from, from back here? Yes, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible watching. I just felt I, know, I really wanted to be out there. And I had um, a bit of fear of missing out, quite a bit of formal watching the boys out there. Um, 
but yeah, you know, the wickets look really tricky. You know, look quite a tough tour. Pitches that we've not really come across all too much. So, yeah, it was a bit of a weird feeling. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to get back. You were very much involved in the previous series in Dubai, uh, of course. We'll have to touch on that second game against Oman. 10 to win, two wickets left. You and Adrian Neal at the crease and you saw it at home. Can you take us through those last moments? <laughs> Similar to the Stoinis and uh, situation when you know when he was chatting about we're <laughs> uh, calm so I was trying to I was trying to I don't think I was calm though I was I was probably more nervous than what they were but no I just kept saying to Adrian you know let's take it deep take it deep take it to the last sore and um, when Beryl came out he walked out as if he was the Terminator and couldn't believe he came back out um, but when he got out I was a little bit worried but I just kept saying to Adrian let's take it deep you never know what will happen run hard we stole a lot of uh, twos in the last like two or three overs, and then luckily I got a wee tickle down to uh, third man to start the start the last over and got a wee boundary and then pushed hard, took it to what was it second last ball and then finally decided to hit one out the middle. And some celebration at the end. Yeah, I don't know what came over me honestly. <laughs> I, I was so scared that I, I messed up the run chase. I think it was just sheer sheer relief. Um, but you know, I launched that bat. The next innings that I had with it is snapped in half, so I think it's a little bit. Of- <laughs> well, as you say, or as we've been saying, you, you've been at Derbyshire for the blast. So, how has that experience been so far? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, you know, it's a really hard standard. The wickets are exceptional, and um, you know, there's just no margin for error. If you're slightly too full, it's over your head for six, and if you're too short, Livingston puts you into a, a building site. So. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's tough, but, you know, it's where I want to be playing at the, against the world's best. And, um, you know, I'm learning a lot being here, you know, working with Mickey Arthur has been sensational. Um, and yeah, I'm a bit disappointed with how how it's been coming out. I would have liked a few more wickets, but, um, you know, there's still plenty of time left in the in the campaign. Lottie, uh, I just wanted to ask about that or when you're in Derbyshire. Obviously, you're getting to play with some pretty exceptional players as well. Is there anyone in the camp there you've really sort of latched on to in terms of learning and like getting getting your skills better? Yeah, it's mainly um, speaking to Wade Madsen quite a lot. Uh, he's a really good batter. He plays spin very well. Picking his brains on, you know, if he was to play me in a game, how he would go around playing me. Um, just little things like that and field settings just because I don't really know a lot of these county cricketers. So I go away trying to do a lot of analysis and um speak to our players about how good they are and what their skills are. Um, so, yeah, I picked the brains off a lot of the players. They've all been really good to me. There's no one, no one's been difficult or anything. It's been, it's been really good and really enjoying it so far. I mean, I touched on this next question with George a couple of weeks back about how franchise cricket is where the, the real development of T20 is taking place at the moment. So, I mean, how much of a difference does it make overall to the development of your game to be able to play, you know, in the blast, the county setup and, and so on? Massive. I think when you go into T T20 tournament, you can have your specific set of skills. And the hardest thing is when those skills don't work, you need to have a plan B and a pretty much plan C as well. Um because your plan A is not always going to work. It depends on the situation of the game or the wickets, who you're playing against. So I think it's just about having that backup variations that you can go to to either get the guy who's smacking the tall parts of the ground off strike or uh, try and pick up a wicket. You know, it's very tough, but um, you know, it keeps you on your toes. And little things that I've started doing more is more analysis on players just to 
try and um, see what they're good at and see what they're not so good at. So, yeah, it just keeps you on your toes and every day is kind of back at school learning different things. Yeah. So few games under your belt so far, um, and that game squeezed in for Heritz in the middle as well last weekend. So what's on the uh, what's on the schedule for this week? We've got Leicester tomorrow night, and then Worcestershire away, and then Sunday potentially playing Red Bull four day game. But we need to see what the script is with that. We've got quite a few injuries at Derby at the moment, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. But I'd be all keen for it and. Um, yeah, just try and develop even more parts of my game. Yeah, well, all the very best with it. I mean, we're looking forward to seeing you back in a Scotland shirt soon too. Um, but before we finish, we have got a few more questions. Uh, now, we always pride ourselves on being well-researched and well-prepared on the Cricket Scotland podcast. But I'll tell you, the preparation that has gone into this next bit is off the scale. I'll uh, I'll let Brocky take the wheel and explain a little bit more. I'm actually really worried, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so we've been doing a little bit of uh, asking around um, the camp um, what might be an interesting sort of questions to ask you, where you might be um, all anonymous, of course. So anyone that has replied to myself and Clara, don't worry about it. It's all anonymous. Um, and Mark, you don't need to worry too much. I think you'll be fine. Um, I wanted to start with a cricketing question, and it's coming up on the four-year anniversary of uh, that famous win against England. But I just wanted to hone in on one part of that game. And it was when you got a certain Moeen Ali out. And I've always wanted to know, what did you say in that send-off to Moeen Ali? I actually don't know. I, I was trying to keep his head whilst I was bowling to him. And I was asking him who was quicker, me or David Willey, because David Willey is not the quickest bowler in the world. So I was asking him who's quicker, and he just wasn't giving me anything back. I'm pretty sure he said he had a little nibble when he hit me for six over my head. So, um, yeah, it was just a bit of emotional, finally. Because I spoke to Barrow with the ball before. I said, should I just toss one up here and hopefully he latches onto it? It could go for six, but we need to get him out. And he was like, yeah, just take the pen out of the grenade and launch it up. So I did that. And thankfully, um, he told on straight to Mons. So I think it was just sheer, sheer relief that it didn't go uh, into the tennis courts. Fair enough, fair enough. Right. I think uh, Clara has got, got a question for you. Crack on, yeah. Clara. Okay, yeah. So I've got a couple of questions. Number one, uh, some people have been asking, why county over country? Oh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> What a question. Um, to be honest, it's a very good opportunity. And, you know, we've got a T20 World Cup coming up at the back of the end of the year. Uh, I want to be in a really good place for that. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really good opportunity to work with uh, Mickey Arthur as well. Well played. <laughs> um, okay, and then my second question is, why the number 51 on your shirt? That's an easy question. So, back in, I don't know what year, I think it was, was it 20? Oh, God. I should know that. Um, Hearts beat Hibs in the Scottish Cup final. And it was a massive game. First time they played in the Scottish Cup final for years and years. So Hearts beat Hibs 5-1 in that Scottish Cup final. And a very famous Hearts player then moved to Dundee United and got his shirt number 51 to remember that game. And it was round about the time where I picked my first ever Scotland number. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to copy Rudy Scatchel. And I remember Wrighty asking why I chose 51. And I was petrified because I didn't want to tell him it was a, it was a football score. So he's very patriotic. I just lied and made up some other story. 
don't worry about this question. This is an easy one for you, and I'm sure you've got your answer ready to go. Who in the Scotland men's camp is the most delusional about their own ability at football? Easy. Like, to be fair, there's, a, there's quite a few, but I'm actually going to go with Hamza. Hamza <laughs> compares himself to Carlos Tevez, which is just obscene. Absolutely obscene. Right, fair enough. I've got another one for you. This is more, who do you think uh, described your um, Call of Duty ability as horrific, but he will just blame me. He's actually blind and stupid. Blind and clueless. <laughs> is it one person? That's just one person, yeah. Yeah, one person has absolutely it's gone 100, in. 100% Matthew Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew, but yeah, this is absolutely Matthew Cross. Yeah. So this started out quite a fuss in our little Cricket Scotland podcast group chat. See, when you slice bread, do you wipe the knife and put it back in the drawer, or do you properly wash it up? No, you just wipe it. Wipe it. That's surely. what I said. And these Come two had a What is going on? It's bread. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Please clean your knives after you cut bread. Well, after you use it at all, just clean it. That's disgusting. Please stop with this behaviour. Nice. I'm so happy I'm right. Mark what there. After all that bread talk, Derbyshire claimed back-to-back wins in the blast after we recorded that with Watty taking the wicket of Moeen again. Rocky, that was some ball that he did it with too. I was... Uh, blown away by it actually he'd actually sent me a video a week before of a previous blast game where it wasn't a wicket but he showed me the delivery of the in swinger to the left hander and uh yeah he did it to Moeen Ali first ball and it was some delivery but also with his stay down in Derbyshire even though he did miss four Scotland games I'm delighted that he's made his county championship debut and he seems to be going Going all right. It looks like he's picked up, picked up uh, four wickets in his uh, in his first match there. So, who knows what the future holds for him with red ball cricket as well? Yeah, fantastic to see, wasn't it? Two forty seven in his first innings, uh, that game against Middlesex, and it's uh, reached its final day today. In fact, the day that we release uh, this podcast. But let's move on then to domestic matters and our performances of the week. Remember, all the details are there to find on CS Live. Uh, Rocky, first up, talking performance of the week. 73 for Watsonians, fairly racing up that table. Not a bad weekend for you personally and your choice of performance of the week. Yeah, yeah I had a, had a decent week with the bat, I will say. I had 10 overs left the bat when I got out, so fairly threw away 100, I would say, but... And also getting out to Matthew Parker bowling off spin as well, which just it hurts the soul. Um, and uh, I, I was a juggling catch as well. It was a, a slog sweep, as maybe a few of the listeners will know, is my pretty much my only shot. Um, but uh, hit at mid-wicket, who tipped it over his own head and then caught it with a diving catch behind him. So that, that stung, but all that mattered is that we won. Um, but moving on to performances of the week, I'm going to cheat. I've got two. There's one I witnessed in person and one that I didn't. Um, I'm going to start with the one I witnessed in person, which was uh, a new player at our club, um, Akarshan Arora, who hasn't had much of an opportunity with the ball this year, but 
our our main spinner Gregor Carr was away and he grabbed his opportunity um, with with Gregor being away. Nine overs, six for thirty eight. Uh, pretty pretty special spell and a couple of deliveries that were turning the ball the other way as well, which I've never been able to do in my time. So uh, a really special spell. But my my player of the week. I think I'm going to move away from being biased. It's not going to be Akka. Uh, it's going to be Sue Strachan um, getting 103 not out of 78 balls against Grange. Uh, a phenomenal effort. And there was actually a fantastic photo on social media that I'm sure many of the listeners will have seen of, of Sue walking off, raising her bat at, at the home of Scottish cricket. So um, well done, Sue. Uh, a fantastic knock. Certainly was, wasn't it? What a phenomenon. Sue is, you know, is there anything that she can't do? <laughs> uh, a word actually for our very own Rosie too in that game, who got three for one in her two overs in that uh, that win for Dumfries and Galloway over over Grange. Um, another tough day for Grange, a uh, much more encouraging one for Watsonians and for RHC in the Women's Premier. Uh, Clara, an incredible innings from Bronwyn Sumption. Yeah, I'm so sad I didn't get to see it, but I was following the game on CS Live from wherever I was on Sunday and we were waiting to check into our hotel room. I thought, Do you know what? I'll whack it on. I had a look and I was like, Louise and Bronwyn are still in. And I shouted across the room at Phoebe, um, our captain, who's also on this uni tour. I was like, Phoebe, have you seen Bronwyn's innings? And she was like, yeah, I've got it on now. Um, so yeah, we watched that while we tuned in. It was pretty, pretty good knock from her. Just what RHT has been needing for a little while, but glad it's finally happened. Yeah, I haven't seen Bronwyn in person yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. I mean, 142 of 93 balls. What an effort. Um, but I think Bottled it's... 150, though. Yeah. <laughs> harsh, harsh. I'm joking, Bronwyn, I'm joking. But you're staying with RHC for your performance of the week. I am. Um, I have to. My performance of the week has to go to Caleb for bowling 6 for 26. And uh, stacking it every other ball. <laughs> I've never seen someone look so much like Bambi, but also just bowl actually quite well. Um, it was scary at times. I was like, his knee's going to go backwards, but it didn't. And yeah, he's currently the third best bowler in the league, which I think is equal with Liam at third best batter in the league. So pretty good standings for RXU's men's ones at the moment. It's good to see. I like watching them. Yep, three-way tie in that league, doing really well so far, RHC. A big mention for Chris Greaves before we leave the East, too, who joined our honours board with his first 100 for Grange, as well as figures of 4 for 19. Um, it's to the West that I'm going for my performance of the week, though, and that remarkable game at Titwood. Fantastic win for Air over Clydesdale by nine wickets on Duckworth Lewis. Three wickets apiece for Matthew Baines and Neil Flack and an absolutely blinding catch in the swirling wind from Mikey Miller as well. Do check that out if you haven't already on the highlights. So Prestwick are out on their own there with a bit of a cushion now after their game against Sterling was washed out with West losing two, another great win for Dumfries and another too close to call I got wrong. That chasing pack is bunched even closer together. Like the other two divisions, it's going to be quite a run in, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I- I think I said this last week as well, the West just looks like a really fascinating league to follow just with how close all these games are, but also just the league, you just don't know who's going to win that league at the moment. I I wouldn't be willing to put money on anyone just now. Um, And every fixture looks like it's going to be like a fantastic one. Um, 
and a really important win for Air, I'd say as well. I think um, they really needed uh, not only a win but a resounding one because maybe looking at their squad before the season, you'd maybe have said that they were up there with being favourites. So getting a win over a big club like Clydesdale, I think it's really important for them. Yeah, definitely. I think they've found it tricky. I think that 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 initial adapting to the to the league, but they seem to have certainly found their feet um, now. And as you say, a really, really good squad. I mean, Mike English, Neil Flack, uh, as well as Hamza, of course, real quality players and the McKelney brothers too. So talking of the West and going into our too close to call predictions for next week, what's your pick looking ahead then, Brocky? So yeah, sticking with uh, with Clydesdale actually, uh, the big the big rivalry is on this week with Fergusley versus Clydesdale, um, which always proves to be a fascinating fixture, especially last year with the last game of the season. Um, a fantastic game between Fergusley and Clydesdale there. If you'd asked me last week, I would have said I would lean towards Clydesdale for this win, but. Ferguson coming off a big win and Clydesdale losing so resoundingly. I'm going to go with Ferguson. I think they have a lot of ability in that team. Rian Henry is a fantastic player. Harun Tahir, um, Taimur Ahmed, really strong individuals in that side. And I think they can put together a performance to get over the line against Clydesdale. Yeah, David Stafford's coming in some really great form too. And uh, Clara, how about yourself? So my call for too close school was not close at all last week. So I've picked what I hope is a slightly closer game of Arbroath and Falkland, who currently sit at 9 and 10 at the bottom of the EPL. Um, Arbroath seem to be on a currently non-undefeated streak, uh, with Falkland's only win being against Arbroath uh, at the end of May. And I was going to say... They both got bowled out last time, so it depends on who bats first, but that's pretty much how cricket works. Of course, it depends on who bats first. Um, but on pure availability bias, I'm going to go Falkland for the win. So to complete the set, I'm going for the Northern Lights Carlton game in the Women's Premier League at Manorfield. Um, Lights are still unbeaten after their game at Hamilton Crescent was washed out after nine overs, and they're still the form team. Uh, Elsa Lister, Megan McCall, Becky Glenn all firing and, and Emma Hallowell too. I was really impressed with Emma when I saw her at Grange on opening day. She's got two fifties in her two innings batting at three and with the under-19 qualifier coming up, she's looking really, really good. The one question mark over the lights though is that with no disrespect intended to Grange Watsonians and RHC, they haven't really been tested yet. Um, they were well placed against West when the rain came, but it would have been interesting to see how that played out. Uh, Carlton, though, will give them a different sort of challenge. Uh, Carlton were missing Abby Aitken-Drummond last week and will be without Annette Aitken-Drummond this, but had Sam Hago back from injury against Umel and Maisie Messiera is still in really good wicket-taking form as well. So it'll be some contest. Regarding the form, I, I don't know, I'm really rubbish at this. It's like a kiss of death, me saying who'll win. Uh, but I think Lights will have enough at home, but it's going to be much tougher and tighter as a game than they've had so far, and it could very easily go the other way. Is that called hedging your bets? Yeah, I think you need to commit a bit more. Um, I think you've really got to really got a good go with one. Right, lights. Go on. Lights. Yeah, there okay. we go. 
once again. Lots to look forward to this weekend. I'm sad I won't be in Edinburgh to go and see any of the games, but I, for one, will be catching up on CS Live. And I hope everybody else will too. Bye-bye.